0: is starting and you can see it blink and all of that.
1: Okay.
0: You change the servers. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So uh, this is our second call. How do you say your name? Karen. 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 Okay. That's the one. All right. There's an English language female's name, Karen. But this is Kieran.
1: Kieran, yes, the one, yeah.
0: Yeah, all right. So, uh, we had just kind of an introduction last time. So, today we will start at the very beginning. Okay. All right. The very beginning would be, uh, in this case, sort of the top down to unpack it. Basically, um a really beautiful excellent way of looking at the dhamma of the buddha is that it's very small it's a it's just one little package yeah but that one little package is just like a um let us say a folded up piece of paper and that it ke- keeps unfolding and unfolding and unfolding And what people get then uh, confused about is all the ridge lines from uh, uh, the folds of the paper. Yeah. Okay. And so that's where a lot of confusion comes from, is the way that Buddhism is put together and packaged to the West is quite confusing to people. So let us start with the fact that it's all packed up. The Buddha said himself in Sutta number 22, in the uh, simile of the Snake Sutta, that he teaches only one thing. Only one thing he teaches, and that is Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda. And yet, somehow in the West, they think that he teaches Dukkha, 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 more Dukkha, inspect the Dukkha, watch for Dukkha, be careful of Dukkha, and have more and more Dukkha, and someday you'll have Dukkha Naroda, if you practice hard, that's the Western mentality, but he didn't teach that, he taught Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda, almost as if we're talking about off and on for a light switch. And we have trained ourselves in our culture for a lot of really interesting reasons, and everyone winds up having a life that's somewhat dissatisfied. Very few people live a life of satisfaction yeah. of, being, of being OK. No, they've always going around finding something wrong with it. This is not good enough. This is not well. This is broken. Okay, that whole idea. And so the Buddha says, no, let's get out of this creation of Dukkha. Let's just stop doing it. And then everything is okay by itself already. Yeah. The only problem with it all was that we made it so. With our own delusional thinking. And so, basically, that delusional thinking comes from delusional feelings. but they these feelings come out of instincts. that this is in fact, the very, very primitive part of the brain. The way that it thinks and communicates is with uh, uh, chemicals. With pituitary glands and penile glands and adrenaline glands and all of that kind of stuff that this reptilian brain in the back of the mind turns on and off. That's a yeah. signal process, which means then that our emotions are deeply buried yeah. in, back into the DNA, that all animals express these same things in the same way. And that is, is that some things we like and some things we don't like. It could have been with experimentation. Yeah. It's very interesting and it, it depends upon where the plant grows. But for instance, the kind of jalapeno peppers that they have in Mexico and in the West, they don't have here in Thailand.
1: Yeah.
0: And the Thai people don't like those peppers anyway. <laughs> The habanero and the jalapeno, they don't like them. They like the kind <laughs> of the peppers that they have here. Why is yeah. that? Well, it's the taste because of what we got familiar with. Yeah. Now, what we're talking about is there's nothing wrong with those except that they don't like them. Why is it that they don't like them? All right? Yeah. That's something very deeply buried that, that we come in with childhood. But any type person who is, let us say, in, in Mexico or even in the southern United States is going to wind up kind of liking them. Yeah. After a while. Yeah. Okay. So this liking and disliking changes over time. But this is, in fact, what I'm talking about is the unpacking of this dukkha dukkha Naroda. And the first fold of the paper brings it into the Four Noble Truths in the sense that there's two Noble Truths associated with Dukkha and two Noble Truths associated with Dukkha Naroda. The Dukkha actually is um, a very singular kind of thing in the sense that everybody recognizes it immediately and because you could see it is the reason that you become interested in the teachings of the buddha Yeah. okay that's right view right there right view is to be able to keep looking around until you see what the dukkha is that's why it takes an investigation but we have to kind of know what we're looking for yeah. And so um, the Buddha talks about that everything has a cause. And so even Dukkha has a cause. An yeah. example of that is fuel and fire. The fires are known by the fuel. Yeah. All right? Have log fire and gas fires, house fires, car fires, cow dung fires, rubbish fires. Yeah. Trumpster fires yeah okay the fire is known by its fuel what kind of fire do you know of that has no fuel Um, it's just
1: spontaneous combustion I'm not not really sure
0: Um, absolutely not spontaneous combustion has (laughs) causes yeah Okay. Um, and the causes are the rags in the closet got hot, and the reason yeah. that they got hot was because of the chemical reactions with the oils and whatnot that was in those rags.
1: Yeah.
0: So I suppose right? That was yeah. the cause.
1: Yeah.
0: And not only that, but the fuel of that fire was the rags and the oil.
1: Yeah, true. Um, I suppose they all, you always need fuel then to start a fire. Do you always, always need the, some sort of fuel to start the fire?
0: You have to have the fuel and the, the spark yeah. and the air. Those are the three things. Yeah. Good air, a spark, and the fuel. Yeah. And some fuels are hard so that they need quite a bit of spark. But once they got going, they can go as long as they've got fuel. Yeah hmm. So name me a fire that has no fuel.
1: There is no fire
0: that has no fuel. Well, I'll give you one. OK. Right. And that is magic. Yeah. Right. And people believe a lot of magical things, which means they believe in fires that have no fuel. Yeah. Magical thinking. Yeah right and one of the magical kinds of thinking that we will have for instance is deny the dukkha we don't want to see it sometimes we deny it we say it's not there there's that fuel. that that there is no fire yeah where in fact they are on fire there is that fuel okay so this is kind of magical thinking that we're that we have to keep watching for because the teachings of the buddha is very specific that every every kind of fire has a fuel to it okay so spooks and ghosts and apparitions those don't exist except in the mind but things do go bump in the night and they have causes but it was not necessarily the spook that caused the bump in the night. Yeah. Right? Hmm. That unless that uh, um, spook has a fuel, it cannot exist. No. Yeah. Except in the minds of a human being, and there, therefore the chemical things that are going on in the mind is the fuel for that. So this is an important part, all right? Magical thinking, then, we can call delusional thinking, or ignorance. So this is what we're talking about, is the second noble truth, that magical thinking, ignorant thinking, delusional thinking, is at the heart of all of the suffering, the denial of it, in fact. Yeah. And this denial that we have, or this um, delusional thinking, this magical thinking that fires have no fuel, has sisters. And in fact, these three sisters, as is, is in sutras, is called the three daughters of Mara. And the other two is that feeling of I like it, and the feeling that I don't like it. And when those feelings are really ignorant, Then we can get confused. We have magical thinking, for instance, that if I like it, it must be good. Yeah. And if I don't like it, it must be bad. And so this is the invention of good and bad. It's delusional thinking. Yeah. That everything's all right already. Yeah. And it's delusional thinking, magical thinking, that we pour a magical fuel on a magical fire. Yeah. So when we start seeing things clearly and we start recognizing magic for Mackage, we can see that's the source of suffering. That's the source of the dukkha. Yeah. And then in fact, you're already okay. Good or bad, up, down, back and forth, you're still all right. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. And so this is, in fact, the way that we should look at the Four Noble Truths as this issue of how to come out of our ignorance, how to come out of our delusional, magical thinking. Yeah. Because let's, let's face it, that we could not have the society that we live in, in your, uh, or the culture in your country or any other country without magical thinking. Yeah, for sure. And the basic magical thinking that is predominant all over the place is the boogeyman's going to get you. Yeah. Something bad's going to happen to you. Yeah. And that's normally followed by either the silence of meaning this, and that is, unless you do what I tell you to do. Yeah. The boogeyman's going to get you, God's going to get you, the comma machine's going to get you, something bad's going to happen to you if you don't do what you're told to do.
1: Yeah.
0: And the entire society and culture is based upon that. Yeah. And so we need that kind of magical thinking, otherwise people would be in bedlam. But from that magical thinking, we can make the next step up into non-magical, correct thinking. So we have three kinds of thinking. Wrong, wrong, wrong um, warlords that get murdered in their beds at night by their lieutenants. Cannibalism. Dog eat dog that becomes man eat man, and then it becomes nation eat nation. Yeah. And the rich eat the poor. Okay. Okay. And that's what our society would have been in its worst form if we didn't have magical thinking. Yeah. And it is truly magical thinking that causes the Godfather then to give $100 billion to the Catholic Church just to make himself feel better because he's been a criminal murdering people his whole life. Wow. Okay, so... This is what happens with um, um, various things that uh, we have this delusional thinking that we can get away with everything. That's that wrong view. And we can only come out of that wrong view through magical thinking because it's too much to expect someone to come out of complete wrong view into noble view. right noble view okay and so there's this intermediate level and that intermediate level is the boogeyman that will get you if you don't don't do what you're told to do and so that's why you go to school that's why you got your education that's why you get a job that's why you go to the church or go to the religion that's why you vote and pay taxes and all of that kind of stuff is because of that one line that be, that is basis of the entire society. The boogeyman will get you if you don't do what you're told to do. Yeah. The Buddha calls that an animal state. We're doing, we're being nothing but an animal, a draft animal.
1: Yeah.
0: Just going around doing what we're told to do, and we don't like it one bit, but we do it anyway because we're afraid of the results. All right. Yeah. Well, guess what? nothing bad has ever happened to you really. The, only, the worst things that happened to you are the stupid things you do to yourself. Yeah. And so a lot of that is actually magical thinking is that you have bought and it's a lie that you keep telling yourself over and over again. Yeah. And so what we need to do is to wake up to the lies that we tell ourselves. We wake up to the lies that we've been told, and these lies then, or can also be called in the in the teachings of the Buddha, unwholesome, because they're thoughts of greed, thoughts of ill will, and then just dumb, yeah. <laughs> dumb thoughts. Yeah. Random thoughts are just running around, no place to go, but the mind is just spinning and spinning.
1: Yeah.
0: And so we kind of look at the fact that we don't have to do all of that, that we can go to the other side of that uh, eight pole noble path or the actual, the four noble truths from step one of this is suffering. Step two is this is the cause of suffering. My own damn lying to myself and me wanting things and hating things, thinking they're good and they're bad. when in fact, I really don't know what I'm doing. And if I wake up to my own ignorance, that's pretty awake. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so this is the waking up. And when we wake up, we recognize that, hey, everything's okay. Yeah. Everything's fine. That there is freedom from suffering if you just stop suffering. Yeah. Take a deep breath and smile. Everything's all right. Everything's fine. Yeah. So this is the third noble truth, freedom from self. Sub- this is dukkha naroda. Right. This dukkha that we're talking about has to be dropped moment by moment every time we recognize that we're carrying a load of crap. <laughs> we yeah. set it down. <laughs> we yeah. wash our hands and we walk away. Yeah. And then we'll pick something else up and we'll carry that around until we realize, hey, that's a bunch of crap too. And then we put it back down and wash our hands and walk away. Yeah. And so this is the way that we do it. And pretty soon we get very, very good at seeing what's a pile of crap before we pick it up. We don't pick up so much anymore. And so there's a method for us to figure out how we've been lying to ourselves. And that method is the Eightfold Noble Path. Except that it's not a path, it's a method. Because a path would take a long time, maybe years, 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 to pa- to follow that path. Yeah. And you don't get anything until you get to the end, right? But this yeah. is a method. This is like learning carpentry, or a skill. That the better you get at playing the piano, the more difficult, more spectacular music you can play. Yeah. Okay. So the Dhamma is exactly the same way, and there's a group of skills that need to be developed in this method. This method requires skill. Yeah. And that the object of this Eightfold Noble Method is to get the mind organized and unified so that it can see the crap. Yeah. Okay, this is called sama Area samati But it does not mean right concentrated mind. The word concentrated is not very good here. In fact, samati doesn't mean that. It means collected. Yeah. Often collection of of the proper ingredients and concentration are exactly the opposite. Yeah. And yet that's what has been translated. They translate samati into the word concentration, and then the Westerners just eat it up. Oh, I need concentration, just that, and the other thing. And they're actually going off in the wrong direction. Okay. They actually concentrate on dukkha. Yeah. <laughs> and they get a load yeah. of it. <laughs> and they think yeah. that they're doing progress. Yeah. All right. But you've probably heard of frozen concentrated orange juice.
1: Frozen concentrated orange juice?
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, do you drink it right out of the pro? I mean, you just take the can out of the freezer and drink it or do you just put water in it?
1: I would use I'd probably put a little bit of water in it.
0: All right. If you put the water <laughs> yeah. in it, that yeah. means that now you're making it somati because you're adding the missing ingredient. Yeah. Where everything is now collected together. Yeah. When it's concentrated, is exactly the opposite of samati. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And what we mean is, is, that it's got all the ingredients and everything is together. And when the mind is collected together, then it's in samadhi. And we can also say that gathering the factors of an of jhana together is also that samadhi. Yeah. Okay. When you have the five factors of the first jhana. And the Buddha says for sure, right there in the sutras, that the first jhana is the the method for enlightenment or for yeah. the for awakening. Then, in fact, when you're in first jhana, you are awake. Just stay there. Yeah. Okay. So get there.
1: Yeah.
0: First, we need to look at the eightfold noble path again and go back to this idea of the unification of mind. And recognize that there are parts of the Eightfold Noble Method or Path that is the result of that unified, organized, samadhi mind. And there are um, features of it that have to come together as skills in order to get that unified mind. But once the mind is unified, that's when our uh, morality, our sila, is... Very high. Why? Because if you don't want anything, you're not going to go rob anybody. Yeah. If you don't want to kill that animal, if you have great compassion for it, you're not going to put a knife to its throat.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So you're. So in this regard, the noble mind is the uh, fire, or is the fuel for the fire of um, right, mm. high moral character. Yeah. And yet, it's taught to children through a bunch of rules and spankings and switches and yeah. jail and dunce hats and all kinds of things to get the kids to behave. And doing it that way is the magical thinking. Yeah. But if you teach a child what's right and what's wrong, and the child is a happy, comfortable child, then he'll behave naturally anyway. That's moral and high quality. Yeah. But we actually are taught by our society to misbehave and want things and whatnot like that because it teaches us how to be miserable. Yeah. And so really we're just trying to return to our original nature, which is free from culture. Yeah. So. There are four items, then, that we have to look at and inspect and, and treat as skills to be developed. Okay. The first one is right view, which we'd already began this talk about, that that comes first. If you cannot see a little bit of dukkha, you are not going to figure out the path or the method to get out of it. Yeah. But in the process of you treading that path or in the process of you gaining the skills, you begin to see how big a, <laughs> a boogeyman dukkah really is yeah
1: 100% right I, I tell it my...
0: start just a little bit and, and then it gets bigger and bigger and a lot of people say wait a minute I don't want to open that door Yeah. and the answer is okay we'll continue suffering in your magical belief but if you can see what it is then you can avoid it if you don't see it yeah. go ahead be blind <laughs> yeah <laughs> And so in the trading of the right view is is all about investigation. Okay. To look, to note, to see. Yeah. But we have to have the second item of the Eightfold Method, and that is the big one that's the most important in the sense of the one that needs to be intentionally developed, and yeah. that is sati. Okay. Sati means to remember to wake up to remember to do the investigation yeah so this is a major part of the practice is to remember to wake up and look at what we're doing yeah to remember to wake up into right noble view yeah over and over and over and over again why because we're naturally in either wrong view or ordinary magical thinking yeah we're either out to hurt somebody and get something for ourselves or we're training for it. We want it, but we don't dare do it because we know we'll get punished or whacked. And then the noble position of, hey, man, I didn't want that in the first place. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So that is one's right view, and it will grow, but it only grows because you can remember to exercise it and so we have to exercise the memory the sati now in plain English or in standard Buddhist in the west they call this mindfulness yeah but I want to make sure that you understand it and so we're not using mindfulness we go back to the Pali uh, sati and I can actually give you a translation of that that works and that is wakey wakey Yeah. wake up Okay, so that's <laughs> yeah, what sati yeah, means. Yeah. It means yeah. come to right now to look yeah. at what you're doing. Okay, yeah. but to look at what you're doing, you got to wake up to look at what you're doing. Yeah. It's almost like wake up and smell the coffee. Yeah. All right, you've heard that. I've heard that, yeah. Okay, all right, so wake up and smell the coffee is only one sense, the olfactory. Here we're going yeah. to wake up and we're going to look at all of them. Yeah. So it's a really wake up. It's not just wake up and spill the coffee. No, that's not enough. (laughs) We've got five other things to wake up also and sense. Yeah. So this is the whole idea then of sati and right view. If we have right view, then we can see what is correct and what is not correct in the sense of what is wholesome and what is not wholesome what is and in the way that we would look at it what is in fact here now and real and what is in the past which doesn't exist or in the future which doesn't exist which means both the past and the future are magical thinking
1: yeah
0: the only real thinking is the here now yeah so i'm teaching you the Dhamma in the here now this is it this present moment And the whole teaching of the Buddha is to be here now because that's where it's real. Past and future is magical thinking. Got no fuel, got no fire. So, now once we recognize what is, and in fact, when we recognize, when we we wake up, uh, we can say, hey, yeah, I'm breathing really well. And yeah, I'm free from suffering. Everything is hunky-dory. Yeah, third noble truth right here now. Yay! (laughs) Or we can wake up and say, wait a minute, I don't have to think about that. Wait a minute, I don't have to feel that way. Yeah. I can feel the way that I want to feel. I can feel good now. Yeah. Okay. So this is where noble right effort comes in. Yeah. Noble right effort means that we're actually going to change what's in the mind and throw out unwholesome stuff and bring in wholesome stuff. Yeah. It's also going to mean that we're going to change the way that we're breathing from unwholesome, shallow breathing or holding our breath into having nice, easy, relaxed, deep breathing that both oxygenates the body and also helps rid the body of, of the poison carbon dioxide, as well as many other uh, microparticles. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, we add eventually a third ingredient to this, in the sense of, um, we begin to monitor and change our feelings. Okay. From feeling bad, feeling disgusted, feeling angry, feeling sad, feeling um, oh anxious, all based on feeling fearful. That something's dangerous, something is not right, things are not satisfactory. But when everything is okay, when everything's fine, then we can have feelings that are associated with security and safety and comfort and ease, and satisfaction, and even success. where over here, we often feel like a failure. And this is the kind of feelings that we tend to have often. Why? Because we trained ourselves into feeling bad often. Why? Because we were ignorant. We thought if we had to do what we had to do, we had to do But I can feel any bad damn way I want to, and I'm going to make sure that I feel bad just to make sure that you know that you have hurt me.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so we get into really, really strange, magical games. Rather than just saying, hey, man, whether I do it or not is irrelevant. It's how I feel that's the important thing. I'm going to do it. Let me feel successful at it. Let me feel like I'm doing a good job at it. Let me like what I'm doing. But more than liking it, just enjoy the moment while you're doing it. Yeah. Okay. So this is the whole point about taking one's right effort is also to change the feelings. But that takes a little bit longer. Most people are pretty slow. But the first thing that we can change is the breathing. Yeah, And so we begin to take a long deep breath on an in-breath and long deep out-breath on the out-breath which means that we have to think about doing this, which means that's the point of sati, to wake up and watch that this is a long deep in-breath and to wake up and recognize that this is in fact a long deep out-breath of sigh.
1: Ah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and sort of Throughout the, the course of a day, um, if you're maintaining you know, mindfulness during everyday life or sati during everyday life, that's a good way of, of just making As best making you
0: can, and you yeah. congratulate yourself. Hey, I woke up that time. Most people say, hey, I've been <laughs> asleep the past half hour. Yeah. And when they do that and slap themselves, they're still yeah. asleep. They yeah. haven't woke up at all. Yeah. Wake up to fully wake up saying, wait a minute, it's time to feel good. Yeah, this is what the, uh, now we're actually talking about in the sense of the Eightfold Noble Method we're actually talking now about Anapanasati which is the actual and only practice that the Buddha gave for the fulfillment of the Eightfold Noble Path and when it actually is fulfilled then it's called the Seven Factors of Enlightenment the Sambojana yeah. but the way that we practice the path and the only way that the Buddha gave us to practice the path was the anapanasati.
1: Yeah.
0: Because of the mindfulness of the breathing, putting that Sati to work on the breath. Also putting the, uh, it to work on having wholesome thoughts. Yeah. To stop having unwholesome thoughts, magical thoughts, thoughts of restlessness, thoughts of doubt, thoughts of worry, thoughts of frustration. And all of these are called the hindrances. Yeah, and they're listed as five we'll talk about them in detail at another time but whatever it is that you're doing when you're not watching your breathing is a hindrance to you watching your breathing yeah and so we're going to start thinking about watching the breathing and enjoying watching the breathing (gasps) oh that feels so good
1: (sighs) yeah so in um, in terms of watching the breathing, if I if I come back to it, you can make sort of a, a conscious choice to make sure um, not just I don't know, being mindful of it in the sense of observing what's happening, but also making that conscious effort to breathe more deeply and get it more
0: in the better yes, sort of regulation. But I'm not sure why you're putting your nose to your lower lip. What does that mean? Nothing. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. All right, because yeah. it's not a particular point or area of the body like the yeah. nose tip,
1: yeah. but
0: it's what brother watching the whole body as it breathes. Okay. Yeah. Watching the okay.
1: whole body as it breathes. Okay.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. At any particular location that is interesting or fancy but you can watch the rise of them fall in the chest. You can feel it in the back that when you're taking a deep in breath, your shoulders will rise a little bit. You can pay attention to that. You can feel the touch of the cloth of the shirt on your body, yeah. or you can feel the body when you uh, have contact with the air, which is a better feeling than shirts. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how we work with Anapanasati Put long breath in and long breath out, and start watching what the body's doing because the whole intention is to relax the body, to yeah. become very comfortable. Meanwhile, up at step nine in the mind, that was what we were talking about long ago, is to look at what you're doing, investigate, yeah. look at how you're feeling, look at how you're breathing, look at the kind of thoughts that you're having. And when Buddha would do that, he would recognize for himself, when he was under the that bow tree, becoming enlightened, when he started putting it together and figuring out what was going on, he used the frame, aha, I see you, Myra. Yeah. Which means, aha, I see these unwholesome thoughts, these thoughts based in wanting, based in not liking, and based in the delusional thinking. Yeah. And so we take those thoughts out, unwholesome thoughts, and put in the mind wholesome thoughts. And by doing so, we're doing step 10 of Anapanasati, which is called gladdening the mind, or another way of saying it, brightening the mind. Yeah. To make the mind bright, and shiny.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, To make it uh, uh, lightweight. Yeah. Uh, To pump it up. And yeah. we're pumping it out both with words. And a way of saying it is, is that, hey, man, you've been spending all these years talking yourself into feeling bad. Yeah. Now it's time to talk yourself into feeling really good. Yeah. hmm So that's the gladdening the mind, step uh, 10 of Anapanasati. Yeah. With these three things in, right view, right sati, and right effort, they run and circle around each other and this is what gets things going. Yeah. Once things are going and you get some experience at it, we bring the next force in. Yeah. And this is based upon confidence. Yeah. It's based upon shraddha is, or uh, sada is the, the Pali word. Shraddha is the uh, Hindi slash uh, Sanskrit word. And it means confidence. It's not at all faith. Why? Because faith faith in something that you don't see means it's a fuel without fire, right? Yeah. No, we've got to have some fuel here. You've got to actually get the confidence that you can, in fact, gladden your mind. Yeah. You can, in fact, start watching your breath, deep breathing, and then the mind will wander away. And never mind, come back and start it again. Over and over and over again, we can do this. And when we do, we begin to say, hey, I can do this now. Yeah. This is when we add this new ingredient on the Eightfolds Noble Method is in uh, the Pali word is Sama sankhapa. And okay. Sama means right intention. Yeah. It is translated as, uh, excuse me, excuse me, right attitude. It okay. is often translated as right intention yeah, or right thought. And yes, if you have the right attitude, you will have right thoughts. Yeah. But we're talking about something that's deeper than just thinking. And also we generally use the word intention in the ignorant part of I want it. If I like it, I want it. If I want it, it must be good. That's intention. Okay, is to watch our our um, our motivations based upon feeling as opposed to our motivations based upon wisdom. Yeah. Okay, and so that's where I use the word intention is with ignorance and uh, operating as a result of liking or not liking. Yeah. An example of that in this is Southern English, but uh, you would use the word intention like I intend to. Uh, spank your hide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that means intention means that I'm bound to do something. I'm intending to do it. Yeah. All right, and that's almost yeah. always based upon in feeling. And yeah. so a better word to use is right attitude, in the sense that if um, in engineering we use the word attitude in the sense that if a building has an attitude, that means it is leaning, which means gravity is pulling it down and it's going to fall over. But if it is completely upright, then gravity pulls it only straight down and therefore it's going to be able to to remain. This is also the reason why the Buddha says when you're sitting cross-legged under a tree or in a hut or on a pile of straw or hay or whatever, to keep your back upright. It also helps with the breathing. If you're not sitting up straight, Then we um, don't breathe well. Yeah. So, this upright attitude is also the attitude of the winner. The Buddha himself says that he was a lion. This is what we mean. We're beginning actually to change an overall view, worldview, or attitude from life sucks and then you die, or life sucks. And then you pray yeah. or basically it's the, it's the victim's position. Yeah. If I don't like it, I need help. And so the first thing that we need to learn to do is no, 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 no. All of this stuff you thought you needed help with because life sucks. It's not life that sucks. Life's wonderful. Yeah. Your attitude about it sucks. Yeah. That's what sucks. And so we did just begin to change our attitude into life is okay. Yeah. Life's all right, it's fine, good stuff. Yeah. No problems, no worries. And so by doing so, we're we're changing the attitude from being a victim into being a winner, into being a lion. Yeah. Because you can handle it, no matter how obstructed the mind gets, you can clean that out. Yeah. Okay, so this is the way that we practice. Now we've got four things. And when we add this ingredient, this ma- almost magic, but is actually very, very real. Yeah. This, this confidence. Yeah. This surety. This attitude. Yeah. That's when the mind becomes fully organized. Because yeah. we've got right view. We can see what's going on. We remember to look. We know what's going on. We're, we wake up, we're taking the right effort yeah. to uh, gladden the mind and to um, monitor things well. And we know that we can now change our attitude. And with that is the attitude comes with the feelings. Yeah. This is where we develop the uh, these jhana factors is yeah. when that mind becomes organized like that. Now we have the, the pity and the sukha. Along with the separation from the um, the the hindrances. And we have a mind that's fit for work. Why? Because we're looking. We're awake. And yeah. we have the, the mind oxygenated because we're breathing well. So we've got all of the ingredients that we need. And hot dog, we start to feel really good. Yeah. That really, really good feeling is what is called pity. Yeah. Itti and Sukha. So when we have the five factors of the first jhana together, we also have the, the factors of the Eightfold Noble Path together yeah. with the mind organized. And when you're in that state, you're not about to harm anyone. You couldn't possibly think about harming anyone. You'd have to get out of that state
1: yeah.
0: into something low class before you could get engaged with anyone.
1: Yeah,
0: and so our sila is going to be remarkably powerful and and upright whenever the mind is in that noble state. And so the point is, is that we need to practice getting into that noble state over and over and over again until two things happen. One is we develop it as a skill to get into that and then number two is we develop the skill of being able to maintain that to sustain it to not allow the mind to go wandering off again yeah but the first one that we have to develop is to be able to get into this state
1: yeah
0: okay and we talk ourselves right into it we breathe our way right into it and we remember to do it and we already have seen enough of it to know that this is dang wholesome 100%.
1: 100%. I've noticed before when I really sort of make a, a conscious effort to kind of make my breathing longer, I definitely feel, I feel a lot better. But before I kind of had the assumption that if I was being mindful during the day, i just watch the breathing. And often it would be quite shallow. But I wouldn't modify, obviously. Just now, feeling the, the breath, it feels good.
0: Yes. Yeah. Anapanasati is my mi- yeah. is not mindfulness of breathing in the sense of watching it uh that's like putting your hand <laughs> on a hot stove and just watching it burn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not you the, the it, mindfulness yeah. we're looking for. Nice. No. No. We're looking for mindfulness that has effort yeah. as his partner. Yeah. Okay. So, let's start practicing like this. I'll give you more details about both the path and the, and the practice, or both the Eightfold Noble Path and the Four Noble Truths. There's a lot to look at, a lot to unpack. Yeah. But we've made the basic unfolding,
1: yeah.
0: which is from Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda, into how to get into that state immediately. Yeah. Into the state of dukkha Narodi. Get into that third state and recognize and allow yourself to say, hey, right now everything's okay. No dukkha. no worries. Yeah. Everything's fine. Right now. Yeah. You don't have to wait and sit on the floor in a meditation hall for ten years. Yeah. You can do that right now. Yeah. Third Noble Truth immediately available.
1: Yeah.
0: Freedom from suffering right here, right now, every time you remember.
1: Nice. No, it does. It feels it feels good to have the, yeah, the deep breath, the longer breath, for sure.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, let's leave this conversation here,
1: yeah.
0: and we'll see you in the next couple of three days. Yeah,
1: 100%. Thank you All very right. much.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.